Signs of the Southland, Sunday, January 30th, 2022. Mr. Grant, we are on a uh, bit of a bootleg setup today, aren't we? Um, even more bootleg than usual, yes. Uh, totally high-fidelity audio, uh, as we always like to provide. Why don't we jump right into it? Um, let's gonna... start... Go ahead. Oh, you want to you want to get in a word first? Oh yeah, I was going to say none more bootleg of good timing than seeing Dabo Swinney throwing Cheez-Its at uh, as confetti falls, uh, thanks to the ACC network. But ACC network is truly a world of whimsy, wonder, and asking a lot of why. Uh, we'll get to that. Georgia Tech wins basketball is currently in the third quarter. Um, What's a, give us a score update here as we start. Uh, well, Sarah Bates just hit her, uh, let me check that, millionth three of the day. Um, she <laughs> she uh, is at least five for 12. I don't know if, yeah, the live score did update. Uh, so, yeah, she's, she's five for 12 from three, uh, which seems like a lot of threes. But given that she's 15 of Tech's 37 points with five and a half minutes to play in the third quarter, uh, yeah, kind of necessary not gonna lie i mean it would help if you gave the opponent's score as well oh, yeah you know, they just got uh they just got a bucket they have 31 okay 37 31 we'll check back in that once we get to wins basketball later on but first on the slate let's talk about swim and dive first on the docket in the swim and dive department is the women's team. They swam off against Arkansas and Tulane on Friday to kick off the weekend. They got past Tulane, uh, which is, but not Arkansas, which is weird because one of those is a body of water. And the other one is a land mammal. I don't, I don't know. Like you're mixing a lot of metaphors here. Um, Mackenzie Campbell won her 200 IM, got an NCAA B cut, uh, at a just a tick under two minutes for a program record. Brooke Switzer won the 200 free and the 500 free. Cameron Dalgo with another stellar diving performance, uh, this time winning the one-meter dives. The only note that I have uh, that's not analysis related is that this was on TV. Like, I was watching this. I had this on in the background on Friday. Um, it, was, uh, it was neat to have this on and then catch some swimming during, uh, during the workday. Yeah. Um, question, because I know all the home meets are on ACC Network Extra. Was this on the main ACC Network? Or no, 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 no. It was, it was, it was ACC Network Extra. I don't want, don't get your hopes up. I was going to um, say no, but it, it will be on uh, mainstream TV at least on some sort of delay. I think for the ACC championships, and then the um, obviously the the ESPN contract of all NCAA championships. So. Um, good, good that we have that production facility because they're definitely going to be putting it to good use in February. Oh yeah. The, I mean, the graphics were not, I mean, it wasn't like a fully produced NBC doing the Olympic style broadcast, right? It was just, oh, yeah, no. they did some overlays on each lanes. They marked down who finished. They had like a, a time, like, uh, they, they kept a stopwatch in the bottom corner, that kind of thing. But even that, I mean, improvement for most stuff. I was going to say that's, that's better than it was last time I tuned in. Um, but um, yeah, no, the, the main thing that I have here in terms of my notes, um, I'm drinking water and I almost choked on some ice there. Uh, my apologies. Um, my Great audio. Is 
we don't usually get a chance to talk about this. And Mackenzie Campbell's 200 IM record gives us a great um, opportunity to, to uh, dive in. Uh, you noted that it was just a tick under two minutes. Uh, and that's really important, at least in, in my experience as a swimmer, or not necessarily important, but the psychology of getting under those big barriers, whether that's, you know, uh, you're, you're 10 or 12 and you're trying to get under 30 seconds in the 50 free or, uh, you know, I mean, subsequent second marks uh, in the 50 and the 100 free or, or you know, various uh, short distances or those bigger um, minute barriers in the 200, the 500. Um, I remember my first time under five minutes in the 500 freestyle or my first time under two in the 200 when, you know, high school, middle school aged Jake was still in the thick of swimming. Those those were big deals, you know, and, and it's it's also like a like a obviously, you know, once you do a certain time or certain measure in a track and field or swimming, you know, those, those time and distance and, you know, uh, milestone based um, events. The fact that you can do it is, is a big thing. And I don't know, uh, hopefully, hopefully this kind of opens the floodgates or at least shows that, you know, she's, she's in the mix for maybe some points in that event at, uh, at NCAAs in a couple of weeks. Uh, I got to say, opening the floodgates in a swimming pool might not be the best idea, but I do understand the premise and the sentiment. Um, I mean, it's a really good performance. I think those milestone numbers sort of, I mean, that transcends just the swimming and sort of the time track and distance track sports, right? Because you can see that in, in something like soccer or football. Once you hit a certain milestone, I think soccer is a, is a pretty good, um, pretty good example of this. Once you get one goal, in a game, once you were the whole rest of the game sort of opens up, teams are more willing to either, you know, sit back once they have that goal or the opponent is willing to get after it a little bit more just to get back in the game. It's, it's, it changes the dynamics um, of competition uh, just at, and I guess you're talking about career milestones and, um, you know, Individual uh, milestones. I was talking about. Yeah. But I, I think, Wow, that was a great reverse layup by Lorella Kubai. Um, well, we can unbox men's basketball a little bit more in a bit, but I think it's kind of similar to what we've been saying about Miles Kelly in particularly most of this year of, of him maybe not getting a lot of minutes and trying to make the most of his minutes. And he's taking good shots, but they just haven't fallen yet. You know, you have one of those, those games. Look at Tristan Maxwell, um, how that one game against Boston College kind of changed or reestablished his trajectory, right, on the flats and – you know, it, it's it's a belief thing. You can do it, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. or why not? You know, but. absolutely. It's a it's a lightning rod, right? It's a it's a jolt of energy to the system. Um, let's move on to Saturday, a men's and women's uh, matinee at Macaulay Aquatic Center versus Gardner Webb. This is also Senior Day. A bunch of Senior Day wins here, uh, as Tech thoroughly demolished Gardner Webb. You have a couple notes here about how every tech swim was an exhibition after a couple events here. Yeah. So not after a couple, um, there, there was like 32 events on the day in the last six uh, tech pushed all of their races to be exhibitions. So if you look at the score and you're like, Hmm, that seems kind of close. Well, that's because Gardner Webb was taking a hundred percent of the points uh, in, in a couple relays and, and a couple garbage time. Um, yes, it quite literally was the uh, definition of garbage time play. Um, 
but uh, no, it was good. It was the first time actually that we'd seen uh, a couple notable names in the pool for, for Tech in, in quite a while. Um, but it was good to see Berke Saka, uh, Baturonlu, Kaya Pampudis, uh, Christian Ferraro, um, some of the names that, you know, we, there hasn't been a meet since, uh, since that weird Miami Northwestern one. Um, and, and those guys weren't, weren't in the pool for that. So good to see them. Uh, we had a couple scratches among athletes, healthy scratches, you know, after a couple of, Ooh, you can't commit that foul. That's pretty intentional looking AC. This is amazing live audio as he mixes strings yeah, here. I'm, I'm trying not to commit a rights violation here, but, um, but yeah, no, good Good to see some of our international swimmers back for the first time in a while. And that's probably the main takeaway there. It's senior day, so you saw a lot of uh, uh, seniors swimming uh, their, you know, uh, not necessarily dream events. But, you know, if you're it's your last meet on the flats and and you always want to swim the 100 fly or something like that, it's it's the time to to go ahead and do it and, and get them uh, their moment in the sun. So good to see that. Um, I don't have a ton more in terms of terms of takeaways there the 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 jackets won like they they did what they needed to do and mm. they did it pretty convincingly and that that really wraps up the dual meet season for them so yeah absolutely so you have on here next week or soon i guess their next meet is the yellow jacket invite and that is a tune-up for the acc championships uh, which are on consecutive weekends i forget the exact weekends and then the ncaa championships for men and women which are on consecutive weekends all of that action is at Macaulay so busy busy next month month and a half yeah a lot of good swimming coming up Uh, I believe yellow jacket invite is uh, like valentine's day time uh, two weeks yeah 13th 14th and then either next week or two weeks after that you start the ACC's and then after that's NCAAs so uh, we kind of unboxed that on our last call and we'll we'll preview particularly NC2As, once we know what those cuts look like in, in terms of ACCs. You know, it, it'd be nice to see Tech in, in the mix higher up, but we said that last year and kind of kind of petered out uh, a little bit. Um, but ACC is great at all the, uh, you know, swimming, tennis, golf, men's and women's basketball. Like, that. that it's for, for a very uh, underrated amount of sports, it's the best place in the world to find that kind of competition. So. Kind of got to do what you got to do. All right. All right. Absolutely. So speaking of swimming, speaking of time-based sports, let's talk about a sport that has often been considered swimming, but on a dirt road, a dirt track. Track is the next one up on our list. Uh, Georgia Tech was at the Bob Pollock invite hosted by Clemson University. Some highlights uh, as follows, Nicole Fegan's got another record. I think she broke her own mile time. Uh, I don't have a first name in front of me for the pole vault, so I'm going to let you vamp on that. Uh, Tech won a 5,000-meter race. This also was on TV. Well, ACC Network Extra. But, you know, a lot of a lot of good competition this weekend if you're interested in, you know, watching Tech while you're on the workday. It was, it was very interesting. Yeah, um, that would be Olivia Moore, second in the pole vault. Um, you really need to give me more to work with on the highlights, right? I, 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 pun not intended, but also, like, first names. Come on. She wins, like, every pole vault or gets second or third in every pole vault in the last two years. I figure you'd know at this point, but shame on me. I'm bad with names. 
Yeah, that's it's true. a it's a miracle I know yours. And some might even consider that I only know your last name at this point. <laughs> um yeah, no. Um Olivia Moore and Nicole Figgins uh led the way there. Um the big notes I have here were it, it didn't seem as like the like, I don't know. I, I don't really understand who, how, or why track and field picks which events get included in, in which meets. Uh, but uh, we did see, I believe, the distance medley for the first time this year uh, in the meet. So that was interesting. But but really, uh, it, it's hard to compare apples to apples on this. And uh, one of the things that we do, at least me writing some of this stuff, uh, rely on uh, is the USTFCCCA. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Jesus um, Christ. Automated. It's the U.S. Uh, track and Field and Cross-Country Coaches Association, like, uh, numerical rankings that they do. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, uh, to, in order to try and compare apples to apples. But the men were unranked out of 155 teams on a list. So a little confused why we don't have a number there. Um, granted, I have not dove in too much to, to, you know, the, the ins and outs of uh, the mathematical model that they put that together with, but uh, the women were sitting at 80, uh, again, a little bit lower than, than expected, but um, yeah, I, I don't have a, a great meter stick, honestly, heading into kind of this final stretch before ACC indoors. My hope though, uh, given that uh, tech will be sending some to, uh, uh, an elite invite this weekend uh, that that would give us at least a little bit more uh, insight heading into heading into the final stretch. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that elite invite. So this next week looks like another split squad, um, Blacksburg and then Winston-Salem. So two separate squads there. And as you mentioned, four it's four weeks from now until the ACC Indoor Championships. Do you know where that's hosted? Is it Notre um, Dame again? That is a great question. I thought it might be in Blacksburg, but let me do a double check because I do. Not I mean, it's certainly not here because uh, I don't know if you've looked outside recently, but Griffin track is not an indoor facility. Yeah. Um, that I, I appreciate that, uh, you know, up to date and, and always in intentional uh, uh, great observation from you. And, and, you know, that's why this is a great uh, podcast. But uh, it is, in fact, in Blacksburg. And Lorella Kubai just rolled a ball around and around and around on a long mid-range jumper for two uh, right at the buzzer to end the third quarter. So, uh, yeah, Tech only being up by five is a little concerning. We'll, we'll dive into that in a sec. And my apologies for, you know, the, the back and forth on that. But, yeah. We're going to Blacksburg. High fidelity audio. Um, High fidelity audio. Blacksburg, ACC Indoor Championships. You have one more note on that? Yep. Um, So next week, split uh, Winston-Salem, Blacksburg. Week after that, split Clemson and Nashville. And then going back to Winston-Salem for another uh, DMR Invitational. So uh, perhaps we see uh, Winston-Salem a lot. You know, just going to be just going to be driving up 85. towards Greensboro a lot in the next couple of weeks. I'm told that Wake is a powerhouse in a lot of sports these days. So got to respect it. He's I'm nodding. Gonna, he's shaking his head. No, as I'm if he doesn't believe that it. one lying where it is. 
it's fine. Let's move on to sports that Wake Forest is good at, namely tennis. Uh, women's tennis coming in this week was ranked 12th. We talked about that last week. Uh, after the events of this weekend, notably the ITA kickoff, they might take a little bit of a hit to that ranking. They lost 4-3 to Old Dominion and then 4-3 again to Michigan. Notable results here. Um, Bill Chev lost twice, uh, got upset twice, uh, talented freshman. Uh, she was actually the last match playing versus Michigan today. Um, really just got a tough, tough break in three sets. Uh, you have one more note on a former jacket here as well. Uh, Victoria Flores is crushing it in Pepperdine colors, you say. Yep. Um, and, and that's tough. They're a really good team. And, and you know, we don't disparage anyone for taking that last year of eligibility to go get uh, that next degree that they maybe can't get at Tech. We, that is a fact of life. Um, but, yeah, no, tough weekend at ITAs. Um, honestly, did not follow the ODU match live. Uh, and when I saw we were matched up with Michigan, I just kind of assumed we won. Because uh, Michigan was also supposed to win against Ole Miss, um, it was very much the anti-chalk week uh, in uh, in Atlanta, I believe. Yeah, ODU was winning when I checked the ODU Ole Miss, uh, you know, not rankings, live score uh, after the doubles point they were winning. So if they wound up pulling that off, that would mean that every match of the of the weekend came up as an upset. So maybe something's just in the water, um, but uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely a bit tough. Um, 0-2 is not the way you want to start the season. Uh, you know, at the same time, Tech did go 2-3 and three in ITA competition last year, I believe, um, going 2-0 and to make it to Nationals and then taking three losses at Nationals, which, again, is really tough. But with, with how good the ACC is, how good Tech is, uh, and how fair we schedule, um, we just got to get above 500 and, and, and get into the tournament from there. That's that's really the main thing um, is improving throughout the year. And like we said, uh, it, it's kind of flipping the narrative on its head uh, with, with the men's team the past couple of years. We've been, okay, they're young. They need to figure out how to win, how to hold on, while the women have been the experienced, old, hyper-talented, sweet 16, final four-esque uh, team. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's time for that script to flip. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, the, the women are going to have to figure it out. There's definitely some new leaders at the top, but they're they're deep. They'll figure it out. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah, it, it, I think new leaders at the top is also really important here because, again, you're replacing your top two singles player singles players and also your top doubles pairing oh. going into this year, right? So you, you're looking at a lot of rotation, and, and this is still early in the season, even just in terms of matches played because they had a couple of matches canceled uh, yep. because of COVID earlier this month. So yep. – I think you're totally on, uh, totally right in that look for them to develop throughout the year. We saw it last year too with the bottom part of that, um, with the bottom part of that lineup, uh, the non Flores and the non Jones parts of that lineup slowly making their way um, to being really, really competitive towards the end of the season. So that's what we need to see from you know the the whole group as a whole as we move forward uh, towards March and May. Yep. And they definitely did get better last year. Um, and, and like you said, you, you bump some players up a court or two courts, at least um, on the single side, no matter who you're bringing in, it's, it's, you know, them, them getting used to the speed of the game and quality of competition. And 
that's okay too. Um, and, and then one more note, I do just want to re reiterate that uh, the Kenya Jones and Vicky Flores doubles team was a top two, uh, top two pairing almost all of last year. So again, um, you know, we just want reasonable expectations. And I think uh, the reasonable expectation for this team is going to get better and, and, and then hopefully make it to the big dance. Yeah, absolutely. Before we talk about what's ahead for the women, let's talk about the men's side of things. They were ranked number 29 uh, still in the receiving votes category coming into this week. They had a little bit of a better weekend at ITA kickoffs. They were up in Charlottesville. They dispatched Middle Tennessee State for two uh, and then lost a closer than it seems match to UVA, host UVA. And I think UVA was also ranked number seven uh, in the ITA seeding chart uh, coming in. So interesting pair of results here. Where do you want to start? Yeah, uh, I think yeah, I think you're right. Seven in seed, six in rank, or or something. Mm -hmm. Six in poll, but you know, between very rank good and poll, is the is the short version. Yeah, UVA is is absolutely a threat to win the conference this year. And like we said, the ACC is the place to be playing college tennis. So um, no no shame in that. Um, the the place I would like to start is the MTSU results. Uh, obviously, that is the win. That's the fun place to start, and and I think it really. Uh, speaks uh, kind of more to the theme of what we can expect the rest of the year. Um, Georgia Tech did drop the doubles point, uh, which again has kind of been our weakness this year. If anything, uh, we were able to see our number three ranked pairing of Martin and McDaniel, Andres Martin and Marcus McDaniel, uh, defeat uh, Pavel Motol and Stijin Slump. I really hope I said that correctly. Uh, six one on court one. Uh, it was dominating. They are amazing. They could win the doubles bracket um, of the uh, doubles uh, draw this year for the NC two A. Um, and then a close loss on two by Chopra and Shelcher. It was seven five. So um, tough to lose that. But uh, they turned around and took four or five, uh, <laughs> four or five singles courts. So that is definitely a solid place to be um, in terms of in terms of singles play. Uh, all of those wins, all those four wins were in two sets as well. So um, not bad. And then that loss did come down on six. So you saw your top performers giving you exactly what uh, you expect and, and what you need. Uh, the, the match that did not finish was Chopra on two. And that uh, he was he was winning in the second set when that happened. So all all good. Um, of course, uh, I don't know if you have any more uh, detail you want to pepper in there, but you, you kind of have to uh, do the the yin and the yang for, for UVA versus MTSU. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to just talk about what the next couple of weeks looks like for both of these teams. Women's tennis will host Northwestern next Sunday. Uh, and then men, the men will head back to their normal schedule. They have Auburn on the 4th of February and they'll, we, they will travel to Columbia on the 6th. Of February, I think both of those dates are next week. I think the end of this coming week. So busy slate. Give me a little bit about what to expect from these three games. Yeah, um, Northwestern is a pretty common out of conference uh, matchup for the women, as are Auburn and Carolina for the men. Uh, and yes, South Carolina does get to be Carolina for a full year. Thank you, bowl game. 
Um, but uh, he got dunked in Mayo. Yeah, can't beat it. Northwestern, uh, very solid team. Usually a uh, you know ITA final round type quality team. Uh, that'll be great to see. Uh, and, and you know, hope, hopefully, we take the win there. We do need to start picking up some wins, but uh, definitely, definitely fine. Um, I, I think uh, I think that should tell us a little bit more about the team, and, and that's just what they got to do is, is learn a little bit every week. Uh, in terms of Auburn and South Carolina, um, Auburn and South Carolina are both you know solid uh, SEC type programs. Great to see them in here after. You know, starting off with the old uh, Citadel Georgia State uh, one-two combo, but uh, in terms of uh, you know the uh, general quality, South Carolina is is ranked 13th. They're they're very good, uh, and Auburn is is a Power Five team. So uh, South Carolina is definitely the tricky one that's on the road as well. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Absolutely. Let's talk about another team on campus that's had some tricky games as of late. That would be men's. Basketball, I'm really killing it with the segues today. They, surprisingly, beat Florida State. And then the yin and the yang, as you said earlier, they were played a very weird game versus Miami uh, this past Saturday. So let's start with the Florida State game. You were there. What was the atmosphere like? What, what did you see that surprised you? Uh, I, I got to reiterate this. Our fan turnout other than the students has been pretty terrible uh, this year. I don't like to be that negative energy, um, but uh, this was probably the second or third game where we were noticeably equal or outnumbered by an opponent uh, in terms of uh, attendance uh, and Florida state fans were, were very loud and, and made their presence known as the, is there right? You know, buy the tickets, give us money. Thank you. Um, thank you for the win. Um, but uh in terms of, you know, general atmosphere, it was a 9 p.m. game, which is definitely a limitation and, and definitely keeps away. Uh, it's awful. The 9 p.m. slot needs to be banned. There needs to be like a Geneva Accord or like a line in the Geneva Convention that says you can't do 9 p.m. basketball tips in the United States. If we are going to uh, be personal and opinionated there. I'm going to take the devil's advocate. I love the 9 p.m. games. Gives me time for a nice civilized dinner after work, but I also live uh, walking distance from campus. So uh, definitely easier for me to make the trip in. Uh, I also live walking distance from campus and I'm complaining about the 9 p.m. tips. (laughs) So you're closer than I am too, Um, but uh, unbelievable. Anyways, uh, no, 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 no. Okay, sorry. Women's basketball is getting too close. We're, we're getting there. We're, we are, uh, and we might need to, to stall a little bit so we can get to the end of this game. Uh, but in terms of the actual gameplay, uh, Georgia Tech was very, it was a very competitive game. Uh, I wouldn't say either team was terribly dominant uh, for, you know, either half. I, I, I don't know. That's... Sounds a little bit silly when you win by by 14. Obviously, there is a necessary, I guess, uh, caveat, if you will, that, you know, Georgia Tech, uh, Georgia Tech was uh, leading at the end of the first half. Probably could have been by more, but they did uh, pound the paint, add to the lead right at the end of the first half. And, and you know, they, they put enough 
foot on the gas, uh, enough of their foot on the gas and a much less high scoring second half uh, to stay in front and and even increase the lead a little bit. Uh, I think the the main thing there was, you know, Tech tech had a swagger. Tech was feeling it. Uh, Florida State plays a super deep bench, um, huge rotations. 11 players saw uh, minutes. They're all so massive. Each one of those players is just like seven foot four with just massive wingspans. All of them. Yep. Um, Not a single one is normal sized. Yep. And, and it was it was a pretty evenly paced night. Like Florida State has made their made their reputation on being a well balanced team. I think their leading scorer at eleven points. Uh, that would be their number two. Uh, he went four for eight from the field, so you know efficient as well. Um, I, I don't know. Like that, we didn't hold them to particularly poor shooting. Uh, they went. 40 uh 41 ish percent from both uh the field and from three they're kind of bad from the free throw line 62 and a half percent for 16 attempts uh we did take uh, a fair bit uh more trips to the line than them uh we were 17 for 24 uh for 71 percent shooting uh again neither of those numbers being all that particularly good i i think uh a more notable thing from them was their 17 turnovers and i think that is something along the lines of and i have no way to actually confirm this so don't actually quote me on this but uh that seems to me like a jose alvarado called and said remember what we did last year or or passner saying hey look at this old game tape this is how we made our bread and butter was was forcing florida state to make mistakes and uh, definitely taking advantage of that. We had 13 steals, uh, forced 17 turnovers. Like I said, that's that's pretty darn good, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is what, like the third win over FSU in the last calendar year? And FSU's not, like, no slouch either. Yeah, including that ACC tournament win. Um, you know, part of it's talent, part of it's coaching, part of it's luck, um, but – but Georgia Tech has just had their number, and and both of those wins were were incredibly important last year. Uh, you'd think, based on the the nice improvement and and the defeat of a thirteen and six six and three in conference Florida State team uh, by seventy five to sixty one margin, so fourteen points. Um, you'd think that kind of has Tech with some momentum, but I, I think the Miami game shows that you know this team is still growing and getting better, and and I think that is kind of it folds in nicely to the narrative we've kind of established, if you will, um, the, the past couple of weeks in terms of b- both what we've seen and what we've expected on the year. Do you think that makes sense or no? No, 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 absolutely. It, it's what we expected on the year was a just a slight step back, right? We talked about this a lot last week. We expected sort of a slight step back. Yeah, they're losing – um, they're, they're losing so many minutes. They're losing so like a re- two really key players, but all, at the same time, they're bringing a bunch of the core players back. They're bringing together pa- one of bass uh, pastors, best recruiting classes, if not the best recruiting classes. So let's, you know, let, let, we expect regression, but we don't expect serious, uh, serious regression. And I think what we've seen this year, isn't necessarily, I think it's reg- it's obviously regression, right? These perform and, and we said it last week. These performances are not necessarily good, especially when you talk about the Miami one, which was within reach. But at the same time, I think you also have 
uh, and this is sort of the same side of the coin, it's the inconsistency, right? I think one of the things yeah. that we say to, oh, to yeah. bring, I guess, football into it, it's like one of the things that we point and laugh at Scott Frost for is for having a really crappy record in one-score games, right? But at the end of the day, a lot of those one-score games that Nebraska is in are coin flips, right? Mm-hmm. They're not – Nebraska is not out here getting dumpstered and then – dumpstered for three quarters and then bringing the game close at the end of the fourth quarter. They're just that getting out played. apply to a different team on campus, but we'll save that for the fall. The, the, uh, they are, they're in it until the very end. They're in it consistently, consistently. And I think that's what Georgia tech has done for a lot of these. Right. And it, it's something that I was talking to another person about it's, they are always in these games. And I think we've seen that pretty consistently. They're in these games up until a certain point, And then everything sort of just crumbles. Um, yeah. and it's the same story every game other than, I guess, like the FSU one, other than, uh, other than a couple others, we can pick in it here and there, but in, in general, that's sort of the narrative of how some of these losses go. Right. I, I think that's painting with too broad of a brush. I, I don't want to push back too hard because I, I think there's some truth to it. And, you know, we've had the, the pre, the pre halftime discussion or the, you know, just a, a cold strap, a cold snap pulls you out of it. But, but in terms of, in terms of what we've seen and folding into both Florida state applies to the first one, but definitely Miami in the second is um, we don't have a functional big man that can compete at the ACC level. Um, I think Rodney has gotten better. Rodney Howard's gotten better. I think Salvo's gotten better. And I think Jordan Mecca has a lot of talent. Um, but I don't think either of them can replace a – and we've talked about this too, right? The the Lammers straight to James Banks, straight to um, – Moses Wright. They developed Moses Wright. Of nature. And Moses, even then, wasn't a true big man, right? He, he was a stretch four um, playing a five position because he needed to. Um, passengers team. Hey, 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 P- positionless basketball is the new hotness. All right. Don't need to put labels on any of this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, uh, have gotten the feedback that we don't talk enough technical terms sometimes and trying to, you know, show that we actually do and know what we talk scheme. about. Sometimes. You're a scheme um, person now. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, like tech is not, tech is not blessed to be in the same position that we have been in, in the past, quite frankly. And, and Passner's talked about the difficulty of saying like, and, and this speaks to his character as a person to be able to say like, Moses, the job is yours if you want to come back. Jose, the job is yours if you want to come back. And how that translates into the transfer market in particular. Because much like we talk about in football, transfers have changed college sports uh, with, with football mm-hmm. and basketball being the most drastic and most different. Um, but, um, even, even still we're, we're seeing it in, in volleyball, looking at some of the stuff that's happened after the season there. Um, obviously grad transfers have been a thing for a while now in, in sports and, you know, that's, we, we can, I mean, the only, you point to Andy Flores and and talk about grad transfers, but, um, but you know, it's tough. We don't have a big man. And and the other point that I was going to make here, I I promise I I talk long-winded on this, but the other point is, uh, the production we see from the point guard, uh, position, has been not Jose Alvarado and not consistent. Uh, granted, you don't need your point guard to be a, a, a wily, thefty, um, uh, thefty. You you. Uh, that's not a that's not a word. It's not. I think I was going for three. I understand what you're saying, but it's but, not a word. And 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 effective from three. All, all those things. Ooh, 
tech uh, tech women are on uh, ESPN two when they're at NC State, but we'll we'll circle back to that as well. Um, the the point is the production that they've been getting, particularly out of Kyle Sturdivant, has been very inconsistent, and Davon Smith is still growing. Right? It, it mm-hmm. it's tough to see uh, after the Miami game, and I, I want to pull up the scores uh, the score sheet so that way I have uh, exact numbers and not just Jake vibes from section two thirteen or whatever. Um, Doxing yourself there. Yeah, just a bit. But if you look at if you look at Rodney Howard finishing with no points, um, granted only only one field goal attempt, but uh, Kyle Sturdivant zero for five, um, couple assists for for Sturdivant, uh, but two turnovers each for both of them. That that's tough. That that's two two fits of your starting lineup that didn't do all that much. And and on a note on a night where DeVoe had a quieter night, you know there that that's that's tough. And and the shots are going to fall. Like the, the shot selection. I, I think has not been that poor, um, particularly by the young kids. Those, those will, those will fall. Those are, will improve, but we do need a baseline consistency. That's just better than what we've got. Yeah. Agreed. Let's see if they develop that next opponents coming up are Virginia tech and Clemson later this week. Interesting couple of opponents, Brad Burnell really gave Duke a run for their money, uh, at least in the first half last week. Um, first half last week, VT has been inconsistent, if I remember correctly. Uh, they lost on a buzzer beater to Miami last weekend as well. So, or I think in, in the midweek as well. So, interesting pairing of teams next up. What is your feel on what are you looking for in these next two games to say, here's the consistency, or here is at least a sign of life, even if the results aren't going our way? Hey, the, the best possible thing that could happen is take a win over Virginia Tech and, and come home and, and defend your home court against Clemson. Um, you really did hit me with the they should just win. Yeah, I, I did. I did. Um, but 1-0 would be passable. Uh, you want to beat Virginia Tech? They've been kind of down on their luck this year so far. They've also been unlucky. What does that sound like? I think um, – Oh, they've been historically unlucky. Like yeah. they, they are near the bottom of uh, the Ken Palm luck chart. Like, yeah. I think like four or five from the bottom. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, like you don't want to be the team where uh, the opponent's luck uh, against VT runs out, but it's a very real possibility. But, but then again, Clemson's not that bad of a team either. Um, and, you know, saying, saying going 2-0 would be the ideal solution, but we just beat a team in Florida State that's not that bad. I, I think the ACC... Uh, doesn't have the, the ACC is a dumpster fire overall this year, mm-hmm. but I, I wouldn't say that the quality has been bad. I just think it hasn't been a league where, you know, three teams are just pantsing everyone. Uh, and, and that's, that's okay. It makes it interesting. And I think that may not get properly reflected at the end of the year. We may not get the due respect just because the rising Duke and UNC tide is, or UVA tide or whoever isn't lifting all ships ships. But I literally think this is anyone's conference to win, and, and Tech is going to figure it out. Um, granted, it's it's kind of like a, a weird spot to say, like, oh, like we're supposed to be getting old and staying old. Like, why are we not seeing, why are we not seeing more wins or, or something like that? But quite frankly, like the with the kids being old, uh, not you know, kind of phasing out at the same time, like 
we're seeing a lot of young players not not getting those minutes and, and they're going to get those minutes in that playing time uh and i and i i said this last week i'm still going to lean on we just need to see a little bit of improvement each week and, and those shots will fall and you know making sure we're taking quality shots is, is a big part of it but also you know hoping that baseline consistency gets a little bit better you can't you can't recruit a new big man in the middle of the year is is kind of the the long way around to that point no midseason transfer window in, in college basketball, huh? There's no trade deadline, nothing like that. Womp, womp. I think we've vamped enough to try to buy time for women's basketball to be over. Uh, you feel like it's safe to talk about that game, so let's move on to talk about the women's side of McCamish Pavilion. Uh, they dispatched BC earlier this week, nice and sweet. Took care of business. Lorella Kubai only had a couple points in that game, but she looks healthy, or at least mostly fit. Uh, and she's uh, in the game that's in progress in Clemson. She, she's doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, Kubai was the leading rebounder, so was not uh, dialed back at all in terms of physicality. Uh, so definitely solid to see there. And, and again, as you noted, uh, she, she has been playing pretty solid uh, in a pretty balanced scoring night up in up in Clemson, so not uh, not anything to shake a stick at. I think Boston College was uh, a team that has been on the rise. Uh, I think that is mm-hmm. a very fair way mm-hmm. to put it. They're they're definitely better. They they've they're kind of the dregs of the league there for a little bit. But uh, Cameron Schwartz uh, is an Atlanta freshman. Brought in a huge fan group. Uh, obviously, it wasn't a UConn Louisville type crowd size, but we we did get. Um, a fair amount of, of fans there midweek. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it was tough. I, I think uh, maybe a little bit tougher than, I don't want to say the team expected, but it it felt uh, at least a little bit closer than a 19 point, 19 point game. And, and Boston College was able to, to their credit, dial it into about a 12 point game and trending strongly their direction uh, in the third quarter. So yeah, the third – we've talked about the third quarters for this team, I think, every time we've done an episode. Uh, it, it's yeah. just right out of – coming out of half, it's been a bit of a lull um, every single time. I mean, even today, I guess I can talk about the third quarter now that third quarter itself is over. Uh, they were outscored by Clemson in that quarter alone. And Clemson really was able to pull it back to at least reasonable uh, by the time the fourth quarter – started one thing i wanted to note and we've been talking about lineup rotation all season for this team Uh, one thing the broadcast was noting when i was watching the clemson game earlier is that nell has been putting a lot of uh, emphasis on getting as many players minutes as possible uh, in this game she mentioned that she's not been able to uh, get a lot of these players like elizabeth bulane or uh, aviance carter uh, that some of these minutes, especially especially as we get closer and closer to the end of the season, and we've already talked about this team's depth issues uh, at a couple of different positions. So it, it's good to see, obviously, some of these some of these gals getting minutes, but also getting productive minutes, right? Productive minutes in situations that matter uh, and being effective in those situations. Yeah, um, I think it, it's tough to like hear that. And then only see Bolani get get four minutes when Won Arnaz and, and Carter get ten and eleven. Um, I don't know. I, I would like to see that spread around a little bit more. It was kind of 
playing with fire for a lot, for a lot of the game. Um, not to be too dramatic or anything like that, but it, it's not to be dramatic, but also to be dramatic. It, it, it was a closer game uh, the first three quarters than I think most tech fans would be comfortable with how, frankly, uh, Clemson has been the past uh, couple seasons, if you will. Past forever seasons. I, I think the important line to take away here is, one, we, we just talked about how Boston College was was not all that good in, in recent memory until, until right now, but, but tech kind of got pantsed by them uh, in, last year uh, in the, the game on the road last year, which was, which was very tough to see. And then you're coming back, you come back. Uh, Boston college also uh, is, is cert- firmly in the bracketology picture. Uh, it's worth noting this year. So a little bit different to, you know, say, Hey, we played a, a competitive 19 point win against them uh, and, and kind of going from there. But um, this Georgia tech team, was extremely close to losing two of the three games we played to Clemson last year. And that team was also not very good. Um, and that is an important, and I don't want to disparage them because, you know, they're, they're an ACC basketball team. They're, they're, they're talented. And, and there is something to be said about that as, uh, as we are under a minute here. So hopefully nothing goes too awry as I talk about this. Uh, but no funny business, only 45 seconds. It's it's now a nine point game with 40 seconds left. So uh, gonna gonna have to, uh, you know, tighten, tighten the uh, old screws and, and get to the end of the game. But uh, as I was saying, speaking of nine point deficits with, you know, about a minute to play, that's what it took to beat this Clemson team in our own building last year. Like, it, again, I don't want to say like, oh, just be like the ACC's so deep or, or something like that. Cause obviously it's, it's quality conference with quality, quality players, but um, you know, it, every team has weaknesses. Every team is fallible just because you have a number in front of your, in front of your name on the bottom line doesn't mean that you're guaranteed anything. Right. And, and that's, that's yeah. why it's tough at the same time to be like, you know, we're, we're trying to give the, the, the minutes to players who don't see it as much when the game's very much more in doubt, right? This, this could be mm-hmm. a, a different game, but again, at the same time, you saw Lorella Kubai in with two minutes left and, you know, it, it could have been worse last week. And, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're lucky everything, you know, shakes out, comes out all right, but I, I don't know. You don't really want to mess around it. Obviously Georgia tech has enough quality wins and, and has enough talent that, you know, we can we can be confident that if things keep going the way they're going, they're you know in, in good shape to make the, the the tournament. But it's still not a great. It, it, it's not something you want to take for granted. How's that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about that tournament picture for a second. Uh, with the release of the first or projected top sixteen seed list from the NCAA selection committee, Tech was uh, not on it. A notable rival was in the last couple of slots. What did you make of that? Would you call it a snub? Would you call it a justified decision? Nope, I would not. Um, I, I get that we have four losses. You answered year. no to a multiple choice question. Uh, I, I I would not say it's justified. Um, it Georgia Tech has four losses this year. Uh, Louisville. Uh, with only six, <laughs> 33 seconds left. 
33 Bye. seconds left in a live game, and they're only up by eight. Um, Louisville by less than a, a possession. Purdue by a point, right? Auburn kind of fluky, whatever. Uh, and then, you know, uh, shoot. What's Miami. Miami. Miami by, by two. By two. I think it was two. This, One or two. <laughs> this team is what? Ten points away from being undefeated and has beaten two of the teams that they have named as hosts. Also, up by seven, 33 seconds remaining. You, uh, you're going to have to. <laughs> Are we going to have alternate endings to the podcast? This, uh, we're really. It's a choose your own adventure stuff. podcast, as, as we always do. But no, I, I, I mean, it's also hard to be following the play by play and also trying to discuss this in good faith. But it's difficult for me to see what basis. I think I'm with you. It's difficult for, for me to see what basis that decision was made on. If your entire analysis of the Georgia Tech season sort of hinges on that, that Auburn loss, which whatever, or like loss, sure, or or the or Miami, the Miami loss, but yeah, yeah, but sure, fine, whatever. Take take those for what they are. But at the same time, you if you're going to count those, you also have to count. There's a win versus Georgia. There's a win versus UConn. There's, uh, you know, you also still have to count the almost misses too. Yeah. And so it's it's difficult to sort of be like, okay, I'm going to take away credit for this, but also not give you credit for all of this. Uh, and and it, it just makes it just very <laughs> – I'm seeing you die in a real life. Um, it – it's just it's a very weird dichotomy is is the point as both of us wow this is getting dicey huh yeah six point game with 24 to play <laughs> wow this podcast dude it could be off the rails in the next four minutes as this game wraps up or an hour honestly um so Clemson, we were talking about that's in progress. Six seconds, 24 seconds left, or six points, 24 seconds left. We'll come back to that in a couple of minutes. Duke is next on the schedule. Uh, they get a break for a week after that game, a, a pretty nice break, especially after some fixture congestion early on in the season. Um, your free throws. Sorry. All right. Uh, and then, like you mentioned earlier, Tech will play NC State on ESPN2 in the play for K game. Uh, that one's in Raleigh. That, I think we we talked about it a little bit last week, but I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on what that matchup looks like right now. Yeah. Um, Look away from the monitor. I'm begging you. I can't. I can't. It's I have the score on my phone next to me. You, you'll um, be fine. Just play with the producer here. Yeah. Uh, this is this is quite, this is more emotion than y'all usually get in a podcast. I think um, we're never doing this again. We're letting the games go final and then recording. <laughs> um, anyways, play for K game. Uh, NC State is a very good team. Uh, duh, no kidding, Jake. What an observation. I don't think they've dropped a game yet. Still. Yeah, but. Georgia Tech is not a stranger to beating a very good NC State team in their own building. You can you can say, oh, man, that, that team could have made a deep tournament run. They had Francesca Pond or whatever. Um, 
and oh whatever uh also we win thank goodness uh sorry and Uh, release uh, um but but this georgia tech team is arguably more talented than that one a more experienced one is inarguable uh they are absolutely more experienced so you gotta look at it and say if that team can do it why not this one if half of our team can almost beat number three louisville and at the time number three louisville why can't this one the clear 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 uh tier tiers of the acc the last three or four years has been nc state and louisville and then uh miasma florida state and unc and georgia tech in some sort of Podcasting is a visual medium, but both of us are doing jazz hands at each other. Yeah. A miasma. In in the soup, if you will, um, of, of the second tier of the ACC. But but this Georgia Tech team is a, is a top 15 team for a reason. They're very talented. Um, they deserve that ranking. And, and obvious, obviously, there's been some misses we've alluded to a couple times in here. But the, the tables don't turn until you actually turn them over, right? An almost win against Louisville does. It's not a win. Um, no kidding. Uh, this is great, great content here. Um, but, but you know, G- Georgia Tech is a good team. Uh, and if they want to be a great team, they need to go and win on the road, right? It, it's it's mm-hmm. one thing to, to say, oh, like, just, you know, get a good seed in the ACC tournament and play then. Or get a good seed in the NCAA tournament and ride it then. No. You got to if if you want to have that respect from the media that you're perceived as slighted right now, there's some level of, OK, go and win the game. Go beat NC State. OK, no, it sounds easy enough. Easier said than done. How does this sort of bruising brand of defense match up with the way that NC State likes to play? Well, NC State has one of the most prolific scores in the history of the con- uh, the conference. But you saw a UNC team that had been scoring, what, like 60, 70-something points a game? UNC was score- like fourth in the nation in yeah. scoring offense or something ridiculous. They were held to 38. Uh, and, and obviously, there's some oversimplification to saying defense wins championships. It's probably the most overused cliche in sports, um, probably. I don't know. Somebody out there fact check me. I don't, I don't know the numbers on cliches. Um, don't look at the uh, 2022 national championship game anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, if you can stop somebody from scoring, that is extremely effective. It's just a matter of, you know, the reason they're a great team and, and a top five team is they've got a good defense too. And I'm a little bit more nervous with how our offense stacks up against an elite or even very good defense. Uh, versus our ability to stop theirs. Because I think NC State can win in a shootout. They can win by a little. They can win by a lot. I'm not trying to riff off uh, the the full, the shutdown full cast. Bedlam. <laughs> but, but really, that, that's that's what you see when you, when you go up against, uh, obviously, Notre Dame isn't quite, quite what they were a couple of years ago, but you'd have them in the top tier mix um, as well in, in you know, 2017, 18. But if, if you're going up against those Notre Dame teams, these Louisville um or uh, NC State teams, they can win by a little, they can win by a lot. Uh, women's basketball is a very stratified sport, and, and there's a pretty, in, in my opinion, big difference between being a top 10 team and being a top 20 team. Okay. Good I, I ESPN broadcaster ana- analysis. I appreciate it. 
I mean, I'm a, I'm an amateur, amateur podcaster. Amateur podcaster, high fidelity amateur podcaster. I think that's it for us. It's now that women's basketball is over uh, for the night. That was a 69 to 62 win over Clemson away at Clemson. Tech is now 17 and four on the year. I think that is six and two in the ACC. Uh, so yeah, six and two or seven and two. Six and two. So we, we already talked about their schedule coming up. That's Duke and NC State over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so we'll do probably a more formal preview of the NC State game when that's next on the docket. Anything else to round out an hour of podcasting? Golf comes back this week. So uh, good for them. I'm excited. They're, they're good. I want to see them do well. Uh, and the baseball and softball are on the horizon. We, we should have some preview content next week. Hopefully. Uh, audio <laughs> recorded, hopefully, if, if we can figure out some scheduling. But, uh, you know, uh, I think that's it for us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, and we will talk to you next week. Oh,